0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. What is up, everyone? It is C.W., your host here on the Health Connect South Radio show. Thank you for making us a part of your day today. Very pleased to have with me in studio someone that I actually met at the very first Health Connect South event three years ago. It's hard to believe all that time has gone by. Uh, as it has. But I have Jim Schwabel with me in the studio. And in fact, back in those days, you were one of the folks that was part of the Health Connect South team making that first event come together.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, awesome uh, first event. I'm, I'm glad to see the community grow. It's It's been exciting to see Russ and, and you and, and Shivani really grow the community and build something really remarkable here in Atlanta. So excited to be here.
0: (laughs) And since that time, around uh, in in those days, you were just getting NeuroLaunch off the ground, the incubator for startups in the neurologic technology space, and have since successfully gotten a number of companies going through that effort. But as the gem that I've come to know over this period of time is you you don't really sit still very long. And and since I saw you last Back a few years ago, you got started with a new company and yep. it's taken off now. So talk a little bit about what you got going on now.
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, so I, I started this company about a, about a year ago uh, with this idea that you can use voice as a biomarker for, for human health. So I uh, started this company, Neurolex Diagnostics, where instead of going to the primary care physician and giving a, a blood sample or urine sample or taking a sample of a voice from a simple vocal task, like uh, a nurse asking you, how was your day-to-day? Or uh, a count back task, like count back from 350 to 300 and, and, and or uh, some other task. Uh, just getting a sample of voice, uh, transcribing it, if it's a free speech task, and extracting features uh, from the transcription, it's just the text, to look for things like depression, psychosis risk, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, and a variety of health conditions. And so uh, I thought the timing was right about a year ago because there's all these papers being published all across the world showing that you can use voice analysis to detect these things with very high accuracy and specifically using machine learning models to classify people as these conditions versus controls. And so got really excited and I'm really excited, just fascinated space because uh, it's really unexplored and uncharted territory. There's Really, not much science on, on some of it. So uh, things like, could you measure testosterone concentration directly from the frequency of voice, and and, <laughs> and things like that? It's like it's uh, it's pretty pretty interesting areas that we're getting into, and we're finding that a lot of these areas we're looking at could actually be high value for for actually detecting health conditions.
0: What so. was it that led someone to think? I wonder what about their voice would tell me, you know, what, what led to that thinking that someone's particular wavelength, frequency, uh, syntax, different things, how I'm saying something to you would indicate, A, I'm getting ready to have a psychotic break or that I'm suffering from depression or, or bipolar disorder, whatever the case may be, or even uh, other health issues. Uh, What led them to think about that
1: well I think in psychiatry there's a long history of of how the DSMV uh, and the diagnostic and statistical manual for diseases uh, for psychiatry is structured where there's a structured interview you come in they ask you a bunch of questions and and psychiatrists naturally evaluate people based on their facial gestures and uh, their speech patterns and so I think in psychiatry it's long long stood long understood that these things were were diseases uh, that could be classified, and there's a manual for it. But uh, a lot of it is like psych- psychiatric uh, judgment. Is the tone of your voice depressed? You know, I'm I'm kind of tired. I, I don't I don't feel like talking more. That sounds more depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, or are you manic? You're speaking really fast right now. I'm speaking a lot of words right now. It's or if you're psychotic and you're making incoherent statements that just don't connect. I think a lot of psychiatry is based on that. And so uh, I think it started probably there. And then when you look at these other areas, it's long been understood, like for example, in stroke, that dysarthria is a measure, inchoic speech is a measure of stroke. It's part of the stroke scale. So a lot of these subjective scales that you use to rate diseases have a language component. And, uh, and so I think as you look at these papers, it's only been in the last few years where data scientists and, and, and really brilliant uh, computer scientists have used computational approaches to model these things. Uh, and, and, uh, and so I think it's, it's an exciting time to take the basic empirical ideas in medicine and, and apply them in, in the context of sort of more of a computational approach to detect things and diagnose people. And I think that philosophy and perspective has permeated almost all of medicine, not just speech. It's, you know, when you go to the doctor you can now sequence a genome and what can you do with the genome? Well, you could look for your risk for Alzheimer's with APOE1 mutation. They didn't have that 30 years ago. And I think as uh, people detect things, they're looking for new markers for progression. And so there's a lot of factors why and how I think we got here, uh, but I think uh, it's part of a greater d- greater trend to use computational approaches to detect and diagnose diseases. So. I think it's a good good overview but uh but yeah it's definitely a lot of history behind it
0: given the the difference from one individual to the next particularly when you start adding in different demographics from geographies from different cultures for example and and the way that each individual pronounces and phrases just speaking in general i think it's it's amazing to me that in the end, I guess what sounds like has happened is that on some level, even though you and I may have, I talk like this, and you, you talk with a British accent, <laughs> yeah. that there is some ability to be able to still form some, I guess if you want to imagine the waveforms that that you see here on the recorder as we speak, that eventually a measure of pattern for the word robot regardless of your inflection regardless of your accent and so forth, that there's some measure of similarity where that shape apparently is consistent from one individual to the next. And then from there, then they're able to identify some differences if they happen to know that this patient, Jim Schwabel, is is bipolar. So when we recorded him, we could compare him to other patients that are also known to be bipolar. And then yeah, I- identify little sure. markers, is that what we're talking about? For sure,
1: yeah, I think so. And uh, you can imagine, you know, that word robot, if, if you're slurring it ro- and you don't finish it, it's probably a sign that something's a little off. Uh, and so I think some anomalies in speech are more obvious than others. Um, others are more subtle, uh, So so, uh, you might be in pain and have a high pitch in the background. Robo, robo, you might be a little higher than normal. Robot. Or, or just might be here now, me speaking normally, but there's a little little pitch in the background. Yes. I think the deeper you look at data, the more information you can extract from it. Uh, and that's true for any form of data. And I just think now we're at the point where computationally we can uh, extract these features in speech like pause links, uh, some of the frequencies um, and really do some deep, deep analysis on it to, to look for how do these features relate to a disease or, or a condition. And, and so, yeah, it's, I'd say that's pretty pretty high level, good good overview of it. But it's not just that. I think it's also how are these diseases modeled now and, and how do they progress? And there's some universal changes in the human brain. And so uh, working memory is altered in yeah. a lot of these conditions. And so just being able to access working memory is hard for say Alzheimer's patients and uh, digit span is also affected. So you go back and count back, you can't count back any faster if you have MCI or Alzheimer's, it's that part of this is, is altered. So I would say that it, it depends on the disease as well uh, for how we model it. And sometimes just speaking one word isn't the best way or, or string words, it's depending on the vocal task. So um, we're, we're building out a series of, tasks that we could, uh, use. And we're trying to make it universal so we can span many diseases from one, one task,
0: which would be cool. So we've talked a little bit about some of the science behind what led to the creation of Neurolex diagnostics being that, as you were saying, much research is evidently being uh, done right now, evaluating the ability for us to be diagnostic and possibly predictive around certain health problems based on markers within the, the spoken word, how do you then commercialize that, if you will? How do you turn that into software or technology that would allow you to actually put that into use?
1: Sure. So, uh, so we're thinking about it in terms of healthcare costs and healthcare outcomes. Um, so, a lot of large insurance companies they usually have uh, cost bottlenecks in their plan, and so they have patients that uh, are high cost relative to others, and it's often patients with comorbid conditions. and And so, being able to screen for things with voice is a low cost cost alternative to say imaging or, or some other diagnostic that's that's high cost. And so our goal at the end of the day uh, to sell to an insurance company, to say pay for a distrib- distribution to healthcare plan would be to say, hey, you're screening for X condition at this cost, we'll do it 10X cheaper and we'll match the outcome of the patient. I think a good example of this would be things like sleeping disorders, where you go in, you have to do a sleep test you go into the doctor, you get a referral to a sleep specialist, you go a sleep specialist, you do a sleep test in 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 the sleep specialist's office, polysomnography exam, and it costs $1,500. Well, what if every day you woke up, had a test where you, you spoke into the, our, our app day every day, measured some things with frequency, um, and this is some of the studies we're, we're going to be doing, and it could measure you know whether you had a sleeping disorder or not at a high level without going into all those tests. So... One's $1, fifteen hundred dollars. One's uh, ten dollars. Huge, huge cost savings, and that's like that's a an example where you could save not just ten but a hundred uh, x. And, and so when we're speaking in terms of that much money, I think a lot of the insurance companies are are, are uh, excited because uh, because it's for them they can save money and uh, and also uh, and they might even get better outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I think. At the end of the day, we're here about helping patients, and I think the whole workflow of medicine is 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 inefficient. And so we wanna make it more efficient, we wanna save money, and we also wanna improve outcomes. So we don't wanna just meet the standard of care, we wanna exceed it. And, and in some of these cases, uh, some of the speech tests are better than the standard of care. So So, yeah. so
0: the science is already well done enough that you know that this is true. You know what I'm saying? it's it, that the, the work is being done that validates that you can actually ascertain some of these things today with your technology, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so with what you're talking about here, when you partner with a large health company to be able to probably even in more real time than they can when they're having to send them for a particular study and wait for that test to be done and then wait for the results to come back, you're able to evaluate these populations on a daily basis and get some of the very same type of data that you would have gotten through that study in terms of, yes, they do have a sleep deprivation problem or whatever the case may be. And But the way I hear it is that you're able to basically take a look at the organization's various patient populations, particularly those around neurologic disorders and behavioral medicine, among others. Then determine a solution. You you can refine your application towards that. Am I? Yeah, so that's correct. That's it's what not just like pulling Microsoft out think, of the box. You can
1: think of us like a blood test. I think that's the best analogy. Is you go in, you don't know what you have, and a tool that physicians use is a blood test. Your serum album is high, or your your liver function panel is a little off, so looks like there's something wrong with your liver, then you go to a specialist. I think at the end of the day, we don't have enough tools at a basic level to model diseases in a primary care clinic to get patients to the right specialists. You go and you say, I'm fatigued. Well, what do you do? Well, you're fatigued, and then they give you all these blood tests, and so then, then you go into the, pri- the specialist and you do all these special tests. What if you could just be going at home, doing a speech test, and then go to the specialist with a report and you know you had a sleeping disorder, didn't have to go through all that, and then you just got a CPAP or or, or whatever it is uh, with the sleeping disorder. Uh, it might be, you know, you could classify it and, uh, you know, des- decide whether or not it's, it's you're waking up at night because you're not breathing correctly or, or if you have some narcoleptic disorder at night or whatever it is, you might be able to even classify it if you have enough data. Uh, we're not at that level yet, but... I think uh, as we get more data, we might be able to. So that's 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 the area. That, that's the sort of that's the world I want to live in. I want to go go wake up every day and be able to know what I have. Don't use that WebMD and <laughs> and 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 assume that WebMD knows all my answers. Use use WebMD. Be able to give give some voice samples and 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 do it at home for free and and get an assessment and, and know when I go to the doctor. What I should be talking about in a much more informed and useful way. Very Um,
0: intriguing to me that I might be able to, in the morning on the way to work, say Siri, find me a Starbucks, and Siri says, "You didn't sleep well." Yeah, you didn't sleep well. How (laughs) many hours did
1: you get? That's exactly where we want to go, and 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 we want to go to Apple. We want to go to Google. We want to license this at some point to that, but it's uh, to get there. What's validated, and and we want to be a scientifically good company. Do some good clinical studies, uh, build a good model, and, and but use the data that is out there. And so that's that's Siri data is a good data set. I'd love to go to Siri and get data sets across times and well. Siri
0: lives specific. nearby here. She's around Atlanta. Oh She's yeah, from this area. Oh yeah,
1: be, uh, yeah. I should <laughs> I should go get Siri. Yeah, that's funny.
0: So, talk about the platform a little bit and and how the data would would flow. So, we're talking about your application being, uh, I guess implemented through an app on my device that I'm going to talk to. So you get my voice sample. Where does that go? Who does it go to for some sort of interpretation?
1: It goes to a server and it produces a report. And that report is sent to both the patient and the physician. If you uh, are in a physician's office, if you're at home and you're just yourself, it'd be just going to you. And it would find things that are 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 maybe a little off. It'd be visualized you know, red, yellow, green. Uh, yellow being normal, green I mean green being normal, yellow being uh, a little bit off, and 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 red being really off. So it'd be normative ranges, and, and if something's a little off, uh, you might want to go to the physician, have them interpret it, uh, and then once they interpret it, th- then you can get to the right specialist. And so. Uh, we're trying to stay away from being a, a a diagnostic initially uh we're trying to be a basically a, a screening tool a screening tool that that can be interpreted by physicians uh, we don't want to say you have a psychotic disorder for example right off the bat right you want to say your semantic coherence is a little off you might want to go see the primary care physician and have them interpret this right it's different um so we we be very careful and wording this so it's not regulated initially. But uh, but yeah, going forward, we would love to pursue that at some point because some of the models we're, we're building are pretty accurate and will be good good diagnostics to prove through FDA.
0: And you're envisioning the way that it gets into my hands as a patient user is that my carrier, my insurance carrier, whatever that entity may be, would say to me, CW, we, we want you to download this app.
1: Yeah, they would want you to download it uh, or do a yearly voice screen or something else mm-hmm. because for them, it's sort of a risk assessment tool and they might ins- lower your insurance premium or, or do right. something as an incentive for you to do it. And, and, and uh, in that, in that uh, ability for them, now they have the insight to know, okay, you're at risk for X. Maybe we should be proactive to help you. So we save money. And so I think it's actually a good thing for everyone on the plan because you're going to get better care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, a lot of these incentives now are built so that you need to have better outcome uh, and, and unless the hospitals won't get paid or, or whatever else, or, or they even insurance companies, uh, they're going to face the brunt of the cost. Uh, so in a lot of ways, so, so they want to, uh, to do this.
0: Where is the company in its life cycle? I mean, where, where are you today? Is it available? Are you in the phase now where these relationships are are essentially providing some of those use case or the the, the clinical study type data that you're looking for over these populations? Where where are you? Yeah, today?
1: so we, we have uh, two to three pilots in the pipeline currently pursuing. Uh, we're actively talking to large companies to contract with them. Uh, and, uh, uh, and we also have, uh, I'd say, uh, two to three use cases we're working on currently. Uh, we have a private alpha application uh, of just normal people getting samples. It's kind of uh, somewhat not not yet publicly available, but uh, sometime in the next six to eight months, we're hoping to release a public version of what we have uh, just to get data. So uh, uh, you might be interested to quantify your mother's voicemails. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to do that uh, at some point, to to insert them in their app and output some interesting things from the voicemails, or I mean, even manipulate them. There's a lot of cool, interesting things you can do. Um, so, uh, so we're working on a few of those to get through the app store. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's at this point we're really trying to focus on a few use cases, get them validated, and, and whenever they're validated, deploy it to to people in health plans because it's, it's it's a good uh, it's a good model and and. Um, Beyond that, we're, we're always interested to to partner with others uh, if they're wanting to integrate voice into whatever they're doing.
0: If, I, if I'm a health plan executive, we're standing in the lobby getting ready to ride down 21 floors. What do you say to me right now to make me think this is something we might need to take a look at it as a, a, a collaboration with... Well, I think OLS. it
1: depends on the executive and the health plan and their cost structure and everything else, but... Uh, uh, I would reflect back the question, what is your biggest cost right now on the health plan? And uh, and often um, I think there's, there's people that get on disability. I mean, you mentioned that earlier, but uh, there, there's also uh, you know, just people that are high cost that they know are, are problems for them. And when you articulate a solution that could potentially identify them and lower that cost, they'll listen. The case of uh, a lot of these insurance companies, it's, there's well-defined cost points and depending on the insurers, it's distributed differently. So, and so I will look into the insurer's background, what they're reimbursing, what who's on the plan, what's the plan composed of, what employers they're partnered with and what conditions are highest cost to them. Mm-hmm. So you're communicating them in their language. Once you do that, then you show a way in which you can use voice to, to screen for it. And often they uh, see it as an opportunity and they want to partner with you in some way. So I mean, so it's, I guess, a, more of a discovery session. And from there, you lead to three or four meetings and, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's, and it's a long process to close contracts. So when I get off so, the
0: elevator and I want to go get information uh, about Neurolex Diagnostics, where do I go for that?
1: We have a website. It's uh, neurolex.co uh, and, uh, and, and so you go to our website, uh, we have a contact form on our website. So if anyone wants to reach out, uh, we have a form. Um, yeah, we're working on a few pilot projects. And if you wanna pilot with us in any way, we, please reach out. We, we're always interested to explore new pilots. Uh, if you have voice data, we're, we're always looking for new voice data. So if you have any useful voice data uh, around a, a disease condition um, or, or, or very interested in, in working with you and modeling it. So uh, right now that's the thing we're really looking for. Um, so if, uh, if anyone out there has that and is interested, we, we'd love to see it and work with you and try to, try to make it a win-win.
0: Well, I've been really pleased to have you join me in the studio to talk about what you're doing. I think the work that you're, uh, doing here with Neurolex Diagnostics is fascinating. It, it blows me away where with, Technology has come. I know that one of the local universities is not very far away from thought to text, for example. It's kind of crazy to me that what we're able to do now, thanks to scientists, smart people like Jim Schwabel here, uh, get over to their website, check them out, neurolex.co. And if you've not done so already, check out healthconnectsouth.com. They're our partner in making this show possible. We're an extension of the Health Connect South platform, giving organizations and thought leaders like Jim uh, the opportunity to come and talk about what they're doing and explain some of the collaborations that they're hoping to identify out there. So we're hopeful that you'll turn around and share this information with your social media networks and put this information out there. You might just be the person that uh, brings something together like this that makes a big impact on a large patient population. And How cool would that be just because you clicked share? So all the folks that do that for us, Thanks very much. And Jim, I really appreciate you getting in here in the studio with us. And I look forward to having you come back before too awful long. Talk about some of the other cool things you're doing around machine learning and uh, other initiatives like that.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, CW. It's always good to be back. It's fun. Health Connect South is a fun community. Everyone should be more engaged and active in it. It's, it's It's a great initiative. So always good to be back.
0: Upper left-hand corner of the show page is the Apple logo. Take that over to the iTunes store, to the Health Connect South radio show podcast, and subscribe to us. Each week, the new episode will be downloaded straight to your device. When it comes out, you can check it out when it's convenient for you. Everybody out there who made us part of your day today, want to say thanks so much. We look forward to catching up with you again. See you soon, Jim.